every day is a new day that it's okay if today's not perfect you're not perfect today things don't go perfectly that's fine that's life I think creating a positive home positive feelings for yourself for others and just brushing off the small stuff and it makes everything just a much better happier home Anyone who's ever met Becca Jackson will tell you the positivity she talks about is absolutely genuine. She runs the popular Instagram account, If the Cookie Fits, where she focuses on the importance of living a healthy and balanced life. Today, she's joining us to talk about what she's learned on her own journey as a mother, wife, and fitness instructor, and why she never says no to a good cookie. Welcome to Heart of the Home, a podcast exploring the personal histories that inspire our surroundings, candid conversations about the stories behind the pretty pictures, tales of design and renovations gone wrong and right, because a home isn't just a structure filled with things, it's the people who live there. So join me as we explore the unique stories that help each of us find our way home. Hi, Becca. Hi, Jen. We're so happy that you're here today. I'm so excited. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Okay, so I want to dive into first looking back at your childhood home because I feel like that always plays such a big role in your development and and the way that you want to set up your own home. So tell me about your home growing up. Okay, I... Um, well, let's start back when I was five, my dad got a job at BYU Hawaii. So I actually lived in Hawaii, kindergarten, first grade. And being in Hawaii, we, you know, we rented a house right across from the university. And it was just small, small, teeny tiny, we shared bedrooms. And we all, you know, there was the kitchen, the kitchen table, living room, we were kind of all there together, or outside playing outside. And, um, I mean, we loved it. It was, well, it was Hawaii. I mean, it's <laughs> not know, to love. So the beach, the beach was down the street. Um, anyway, but I think, I think that kind of set this foundation of, I think my parents really loved that, that feel of the bedrooms being close together, the family that we were close together all the time. Anyway, so we moved back, uh, we moved to Provo. So we got a job with BYU in Provo and our house was very similar where my sister and I shared a bedroom. We had a basement, which we didn't have in Hawaii, but I just think of the memories I have are all in the, at the kitchen table. Like I felt we would come home from school and that's where we did our homework, everyone. Cause we didn't have, you know, room for a desk in our bedrooms or there was really nowhere else to go. And so we, that's where a lot of my memories are there, kitchen table. And then we would go off and all play different sports. We were really busy and active after school. But then six o'clock, my mom always had dinner at the kitchen table. And so that was the rule. Like if you were at a friend's house, you had to be home by six for dinner, you know, and um, at different soccer practices or, you know, it was come home and there was dinner. And so, and we didn't eat at the counter. Everyone always ate at the table. And so I think that was a huge thing that I've really tried to incorporate and roll over into my life is, making the kitchen kind of, and that dining room table, kind of the heart of the home, you know, like doing homework here, being together, helping each other out, cooking together, doing crafts together, and then trying to have dinner most nights (laughs) together at the table. So I think that was kind of a big thing that I really wanted as we had a family to have a space where we can all be together and spend time with one another. So 
Would you say you had a happy childhood? Was your home a place that you really loved being? Oh, totally. I think I think I was able to create really deep, strong relationships with my siblings just purely by being with them a lot. And it was always a place where I knew my parents were very supportive. And I felt really lucky in that, you know, that if I wanted to play soccer, great, let's play soccer. And they went to all of my games. And my dad was really busy with working at the university and also in his church callings. And a lot of times he would come to the game in a shirt and tie because he had to come straight from work, you know, so I felt like I felt like no matter what I wanted to do, I knew my parents would support me. And that was that was huge for me and knowing that they were my support system and that they would back me up no matter what I wanted to do. So, yeah, definitely happy childhood, definitely a place of love and faith and, you know, hope to kind of just always do your best. So as you became an adult and you got married and you started having kids of your own, you went through kind of a big lifestyle shift, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. your your you, the way that you thought about food and fitness, it, it transformed quite a bit. Tell yeah. me about that part in your life. So I got married when I was 19. So I was very young. <laughs> my, I know my <laughs> husband and I, okay, I'm going to go step, I'll come back to that. But we met, so we were friends in high school and um, we didn't date in high school. Anyway, but I, in my journal when I was 15, said that I was going to marry Ryan Jackson someday. <laughs> so I I kind of I knew what I wanted. Anyway, he served an LDS mission while he was gone. I told his younger sister that I was going to marry him someday. And so not when, weird. No, at all. not weird at not all. Weird. I told her we were going to be sisters. <laughs> we were going to be best friends. Like, did I he was, know this yet? No, he didn't know yet. And so he came home, um, you know, after two years and they're driving home from the airport and his sister is like, Ryan, you should take out Becca Farnsworth. She she thinks she's going to marry you. <laughs> and he, this poor guy is like, well, at least I know she'll say yes to a date. So anyway, so we started, I was one of his first dates once he got home and we were married a year later. So I think I kind of giving that preface of we were both still in college. We had no money. We had, but we were working a ton. And so the health aspect of our life was not the priority. We were just trying to, you know, pay bills and trying to finish our schooling. And so we we would try and get to the gym when we could. We would go running. And but as far as what we ate, it was like feast some days, famine some days, like we would go to Subway and split a foot long sandwich, you know, like we just we went through those years of it was just kind of survival mode of like, having a slim fast shake when those were things. Totally. <laughs> and then we would like pack a yogurt for lunch. And that's what we would have at school all day and then come home and eat a plate of brownies together. Because anyway, so we went through those years, we had two and a half years of college together that we finished. And it, it wasn't until then that I felt like we were finally kind of growing up. And and just over those years, both of us had kind of put on some weight and realized like, we are tired. We don't feel good. We've got to figure this out. And that's kind of when the gym came a more of a routine, you know, part of our life and um, just more of a routine in general, because he was now working and I was working, but then, um, yeah, then we started having children. We have, so we had three girls. Um, they're now ages 10, seven and five. 
So kind of through those years, it was kind of trial and error of trying to figure out, you know, how, how are we going to cook these meals? What? Anyway, just trying to figure it out. We watched the Food Network. I feel like that's where we learned a lot. (laughs) We learned a lot. Food Food Network, HGTV. I'm like, oh, they actually sell garlic fresh. You don't buy it in powder form. Like these things that I'm like, oh, you can actually make soup. You don't have to buy it in a can. Like there were things that over those years kind of realizing that we can make amazing food from scratch and it just felt really good. And anyway, so that's kind of prefacing up to it. But um, so after I had the three girls, I um, just was not in a good place mentally first and foremost. I just didn't feel good physically and mentally. I just felt overwhelmed And I knew that a big part of that was my health. I knew I had to start taking care of myself better. So it started, it started with consistent exercise. That was, and I mean, but it actually became a huge part of my mental health because I would take all three of my girls, we would go to the gym and I had an hour. Sometimes I just walked on the treadmill, (laughs) but I had an hour break, you know, and that was a huge mental thing for me. You were alone with your own thoughts. Totally. You didn't have somebody hanging on you. Deep breath. I can relate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have a little bit of me time. And um, so that kind of came the first consistent goal that I really worked for and worked hard on. Then after about a year or so, I realized I needed to really focus on my nutrition. And I really didn't know anything. I I had, you know, like we had seen, I think we were raised in witnessing people trying the Atkins diet, South Beach diet, that like, that was how we were as children and teenagers was being kind of overwhelmed with these diets and thinking that was what you had to do. And, and so I kind of took a step back and like, you know what, I need to just learn about food. Like I really didn't know. And so I I did, and I know this isn't for everyone, but I started just tracking macros because I felt like that was a good way for me to understand what food has protein, what food has fats, what are healthy fats. Like it was just a good way for me to really learn <laughs> about everything that I was eating. So that's become a huge part of our lifestyle now at home that I kind of made it a family learning period. I'm like, hey, I'm like, so now even with my girls, um, we can get more deeper into that. But learning if they're hungry, I'm like, hey, well, then let's get some protein, something that will make you more full, you know, and making things about how food makes you feel rather than food we can't eat or food that's healthy. It's like, no, but we got to make food that makes us feel good. What kind of home did you guys want to create when you first got married? You were so young. So young. <laughs> it's still in college. And I, I know. call you talking about splitting Subway sandwiches. John and I used to go, our, our big date night was yeah. on Tuesdays. It was like dollar Tuesday at the movie theater yes. in Provo. Oh and we yes. would split a salad at Cafe Rio. Oh, totally. We would share the salad at For Cafe sure. Rio and then go to the dollar movie. Mm-hmm. That was our mm-hmm. That was our movie night. But when you guys got married, what kinds of conversations did you have? Like, this is the yeah. kind of home we want to have. Or or did you mm-hmm. even think oh, totally. to have those conversations? Oh, at we first? totally did. I think I felt I felt lucky that my husband, he really cared about our home and not just what it looks like, but the feel of it. And, you know, going back to 
Food Network HDTV days. But that's, I mean, that's what we watched. And we would talk about, oh, I love how light that is. I love how many windows there are. I love how bright it is. I love, and so we would, we would talk about these homes that we would see visually on TV, but in also of like, well, I love how homey that feels. I don't want it to feel too you know, like you're living in an iron box or a glass box. It, and so we did, we had those conversations a lot, you know, growing up and growing up, we grew up together. I truly feel <laughs> we did. And, but then we started going to creative homes and that was, we did for, you know, eight or nine years and we would go every year and, you know, ooh and ah, the homes. But I think the biggest takeaway was those that felt like a creative home and those that felt like, oh, I could live here. You know, and I think that was a tangible thing that we both wanted that when someone walked into your home, it felt comfortable, it felt easy, that it didn't feel like a museum where you couldn't touch anything. It's like, no, come on in, like, keep your shoes on if you want. I don't care what, you know, that just make it easy, but comfortable too. So you guys have been married for a while. You've obviously graduated from your little apartment probably mm, yes. that you had. <laughs> and then where do you move from there? Our very first apartment we lived in was the basement of a home and my husband could not stand up straight in the bathroom. <laughs> he is so t- he's six four. He's very tall. But in the shower, he had to literally hunch over to shower. And so and the windows were too small. So if we had a fire, he would not have made it out. Probably it was not anyway. So not that's where code. we started. I know not to code. <laughs> we survived. But that's where we started. And I truly remember just loving it there and realizing, like, I remember there was one day where we sat, we came home from school, had been working. And I'm like, we have $14 in our checking account. We don't get paid till Friday. And we just started laughing. And it was just one of those moments that it's like, but we're fine. And like, we're gonna be okay. And just realizing that it's like, as long as we've got this comfy couch, we've got a TV, we've got, and just realizing that it was, we didn't need the big and grandiose things to be happy. And so I truly am so thankful for the, and so we were, we were there, we finally moved to the upstairs, but we were in that little house for three years, you know, the beginning of our marriage. And so I think it was really such a special experience to live in that home and realize that we could live there and be happy. But after we graduated college, we're able to live in a town home, which it, it was super fun because we were able to pick out, well, we were able to pick out from the four choices that they gave us. You know? <laughs> Do you want brown, dark brown, light brown, or cream? So anyway, but um, so that was fun. That was kind of felt like our first home because we were kind of part of the building process and we got to see it framed and we brought home our first two babies there. And that was fun for us to kind of make it our own because everything was brown. And so it was fun. The Utah brown. Yes, it was brown. You know? inspired yes. travertine oh, tile. Yeah, that, oh, totally. And the darker, the better back then. And so we, it was fun to kind of be there. So we lived there about five years and it was fun to... Uh, like we started painting all the walls white and in the kitchen we or in the living room, we kind of made it this like turquoise blue wall, which looking back, I'm like, whoa, that was a bad choice. <laughs> but, but it was bright and happy. And that was something that we really wanted to bring in our home. I actually worked, I worked at Four Chairs Furniture and right after I graduated college and I was their manager there for until I had Olivia and and that store, I don't know if you guys have shopped there or been there, but that store just like exuded color and bright and happy. And 
then I just brought home all my paycheck in furniture. (laughs) And it was all just color and bright and happy. And so that was our home for several years was just lots of color. And just, you know, to be a happy home and kind of muting out a lot of that dark that was in the foundation of the home. So we lived there and then we were able to um, move out to Lehigh where we had a half acre. It was a ginormous backyard, which is why we moved again because (laughs) the backyard was almost too big, but we did. We loved it there. We brought our Millie there. We had a fabulous neighborhood and just kind of this. And so that home was white and bright and lots of color. The house was actually blue and we painted our front door yellow. So we just, that was kind of our always, we wanted it to just be happy and bright. So um, so that was our second home. And then just recently, I guess it's almost been two years. I feel like this last year, 2020 didn't really count as a year. I know. I, I feel just, like you right? just moved in. I know. I felt like that year was kind of just a wash, but we are grateful for the house because we lived there through, through 2020. But, um, so we built that home custom and that was literally a dream come true. And, um, we took it nice and easy and slow. We didn't rush any decisions because we just wanted it to feel right. We wanted it to feel like every square inch of the home was used. I didn't want any dead space, but I wanted it to be neutral enough that, so I kind of stepped away from my color age and grew into neutral. So I wanted everything to be neutral enough that in 20 years, it didn't seem dated. Different fun light fixtures and tile that also brought personality. And so um, so that was really fun. We had a fun experience building that home. And yeah, I've been there almost two years. So when you went into that building process, were you like, we're building our forever home? Is that how this home feels? This yeah. is it? Yeah, I feel, well, we love the location. I mean, it's like my daughter asked me when we were moving in, she's like, well, where's our garden in the backyard? I'm like, we're a mile from Costco. We're not doing a garden. We're too close to Costco. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But um, but we just love our location. And um, when we built it, we definitely had, you know, our oldest was eight, nine, that we're thinking the next 10 years, you know, 10 years at a time that it's like, they're going to be high school kids here. So we definitely, we were done with babies. And so we were done with like the baby proofing phase, but more like, okay, let's prepare this house for teenagers. And so a lot of that was in mind, you know, where we had the walkout basement, there's lots of windows. You know, walkout basements are good for sneaking out. Oh, geez. (laughs) I know. But hey, we've got cameras on every corner. They can't go far. Um, But yeah, so we we kind of built that in mind that like we didn't do a theater room, but we have like a nice big TV surround system, but it's like open to the pool table. So it's anyway, so that there's space for friends, but no secret hideouts for friends. <laughs> what do you want your girls when they grow up to think about their home? Like what kinds of feelings do they do you want them to have about their childhood home? I I hope more than anything. Well, so I hope that it's a place of love and acceptance and no matter what they want or what they're doing that they feel like or what's happening in the world at school or at dance that they can come home and be accepted for who they are, no matter what else is happening. That can, It can be a place of open communication and honesty and that we can work through the hard things together and that it doesn't need to be a place where we need to hide and keep things from each other. So that's one thing I really hope for is just kind of this open 
openness where we feel like we're kind of all getting through life together. And uh, so we have three girls and my husband comes from a family. He has four brothers and he, wait, four, did I miss one? No, four brothers. <laughs> and, um, and he, so we were shocked that we didn't have a boy. I mean, you've got your girls, right? I've got three girls. <laughs> I know. And I think, and part of me was just like, oh, like how, but we have no boys. But then kind of in the last year or two, as we've had this home and realizing a few of my daughter's best friends are little boys in the neighborhood and they come over and I'm like, you know what? Like we, I'm not raising just my kids. And that was, that was another big part that I'm like, I want my home to be a home where people can come over, especially, you know, just other kids, other families to feel like they can come over, grab some fruit snacks in the pantry, get out the Play-Doh and sit down and play, you know, that it's, well, now we're going to, into teenage years, but that's where we're at now. And to feel that they're comfortable enough to do that, you know? And so that's something I really want it to be a place where all kids can come and feel accepted and, you know, that they, that my girls know that they can always have their friends there and feel like it's a safe place. The Heart of the Home continues in just a moment. Hey everyone, just letting you know about our accessories collection now on Stag Design Shop. It's growing from candlesticks to rugs to luxurious throws. These items will elevate your home and make great companions to our artwork, pillows, and existing accessories. You can view the new collection for yourself at stagdesignshop.com. That's stag with two Gs. You know, you have... Three completely different girls, just like I have three yes. completely different girls. Sometimes I'm like, how, but how did right. I get three children how that are that so completely different, right? Yes. You have three girls with different personalities, different body types, different talents, different strengths, totally. all those things. Everything different. How do you say to them, this is a place where you're accepted no matter what? I want you to have a healthy relationship with who you are, mm-hmm. a healthy relationship with food, since mm-hmm. that's such a big part of totally you and your life and your beliefs. Yeah. How have you balanced that? I think something I really try is always a positive, always a positive. And, I, and I'll even tell my girls, I'm like, if you're going to say something mean, you just don't even say it. Like what good and trying to make them kind of reversing the roles of like, if someone said that to you, how would that make you feel? You know, and just recognizing, but also recognizing those feelings. I'm like, it's okay to have these feelings, but also we don't always need to share them. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know. So we have, so first of all, we have the scream in your pillow rule. I'm like, if you're mad, be mad. It's great to be mad. It feels great to be mad, but you can go to your room and scream in your pillow. You don't need to take it out on your sisters. I love that. They have not done something wrong. If you're having a hard time, don't take it out on the people you love the most. And so, so I'm like, please go be mad. That's great. Go in your bedroom, scream it out for five minutes. When you're ready to be nice, come back. And so then that way I don't have to get mad at them. Cause I'm like, I'm not mad at you. Cause you're allowed to be mad. Right. So I feel like that's something I try and do is acknowledge the feeling that you have and feel it. You know, we don't need to be happy all the time. I'm like we're allowed to be sad and mad and Um, So I think acknowledging those feelings, but then also recognizing, like you said, that all of my daughters are very different, where I have one child who's never mad. She's always happy. And I, I like to acknowledge that too, with all of these girls, acknowledge their strengths and recognizing, okay, with Miss Millie, she is always happy. 
She's always trying, if she's, if someone else is sad, she's trying to cheer them up. She's trying to lighten the mood. Like even me, I snapped at someone once and everyone went quiet, you know, like, oh, great. Mom's mad again. And after about 30 seconds, Millie's like, so mom, are you done being mad now? (laughs) Like, (laughs) can we go play? Like, are you done being mad? So she's like the, she always lightens the mood. And so that's something that I like to recognize and show these other girls, I'm like, look at how Millie is always able to lighten it up, you know, but then so recognizing their strengths. And then with Penny, I'm like, she I'm like everyone recognized how she's so easygoing that I said, hey, we're cooking this for dinner. And she says, OK, or I say, hey, Penny, can you go grab that in the backyard? Yeah, sure. You know, like and so it just helping them recognize. And then Olivia is a super, super helper. Like she'll say, mom, what are we cooking for dinner? Can I help? You know, and. So I think that's something and recognize and helping them see that they each have their strengths. And even if that's not their strength, that's okay. That's why we're a family is to help compensate each other's weaknesses with our strengths. And so I think it's, it's acknowledging that and making them feel like, oh, you know what? Olivia's great at that. I don't need to be better than her at that. Like yay for her and cheer her on for her strengths and what she's doing right. And then we can, that's how we build each other up is by compensating each other. So you mentioned that in your childhood home, that the kitchen was the heart of the home. Is that how it is in your home? Oh, totally. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, and I, I feel like it's partly, we all just love to eat. I don't know. Maybe that's part of it, but I, I truly enjoy cooking and I, I'm always telling my kids, I'm like, you're happier when your tummy is happy. (laughs) So eating, eating well, eating often and making sure you're full, you know? And so I feel like it starts with breakfast. I think I never thought I would ever be this mom and be this way, but most mornings we cook pancakes because, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, never, I'm like, get the cereal, get out of here, you know? But it's like, but I know by cooking these pancakes, yeah, it takes an extra five to 10 minutes but so does their hair. So I mean, yeah, we got to get it done. But by taking these extra few minutes to do pancakes, I know that they're off to school with a full tummy, and they're going to be a lot happier. And so I feel, you know, in that same way, lunch after school snack, okay, come on in, come in the kitchen, let's eat something. Let's talk and that and so it is I feel like the kitchen is this place where we can connect and share how our day went for the good or the bad. And, And then same thing, they're off to dance and then we come for dinner, you know, so I feel like, and then a lot of nights it's mom, let's make cookies. Let's, you know, and it's back in the kitchen. And so 100%, I feel like that's where we're 90% of our time is in the kitchen and, you know, the couch kind of there together. So we're a pancake family too. It's literally every morning we have pancakes. And I mean, don't, don't fix what's not broken. Yeah. So we <laughs> Although we just got a dash waffle maker. Have you oh, seen those? No. Okay, mm-hmm. this will change your life. Okay. I need we to need get this. you. Yes. Kelton's nodding. <laughs> Our producer's yes. nodding his head. These little dash um waffle makers. We got a snowflake one. Someone gave it to us. They come in all different shapes. Oh. And now every morning my girls are yes. like, "Will you make waffles oh, instead?" So we did that this morning. I love that you say like the focus is on how you're feeling with mm-hmm. food. I love that because totally. I have a child who gets very hangry. Mm-hmm. Like, and she can't even oh, like, yeah. she can't even express right. what's wrong and yep. what she's feeling. She's just, just ragey. Yeah. <laughs> she's just oh, yeah. mad mm-hmm. if she's hungry, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel like you're fostering that healthy relationship with food and you know, I've had people ask me, 
Are you a house that restricts treats? Mm. If kids come over to your house, are there cookies there? Are they, mm-hmm. Or are you like, no, we're only healthy food all the time? How do you strike that balance? So <laughs> I literally last week bought, okay, we have these candies. They're called um, kookaburra. I don't know. Uh, okay, okay. I'll, I should have brought you a bag. <laughs> Okay, but they're they're from the Australian licorice company okay. that makes Australian licorice. You know, okay. you know. So they also make these that they're red and white, and so some have the white is a little more like taffy, and the red is more like a chewy candy. Anyway, they're just a chewy, yummy candy. I literally they're our favorite, and they're hard to find. So I got online some candy bulk store, and I bought seventeen pounds of our favorite Whoa. candy. <laughs> I'm like, you guys, we've always got it in stock. So anyway, so I, yes, we don't restrict in our house because I would rather have my kids know that we have candy, we have treats whenever you want, but we can't eat them all the time or else we feel, we feel back to the feeling that you feel sick, but I don't want them to feel like they can't eat anything. So I literally bought them their favorite candy and it's been sitting there. I mean, I have a box of now 16 pounds, but we have a box in our pantry and I mean, they'll each take a handful a day and they don't feel like they have to go crazy because they know it's there and they know it's going to be there tomorrow and it's going to be there next week. So they don't feel like they have to hurry and eat the whole bag before their sister eats the rest because it's going to be there. And so I feel that's something that I've tried to, you know, there's times where I'm like, Millie, put it away. That's your third handful. (laughs) You know, so I mean, they're still, they're not perfect. Believe me, it's a learning process, but it's, it's still making them feel like, well, you've already had a handful. Maybe we should eat something that will fill you up a little bit more. She's like, okay, yeah, you're right. Um, But something I really like to do is help them think for themselves rather than mom said I couldn't eat this or mom said... But I asked them a question like, okay, well, what did you eat at lunch for school today? You're probably pretty hungry if you only ate your orange. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, do you think we should just eat goldfish if we're that hungry? Or should I cook you up some chicken nuggets? Do you think that might be better? And they're like, okay, yeah, I probably could eat a sandwich instead of just a bag of Doritos. And so I, I try and pose it with questions like, well, are you hungry? Do you just need some water? And trying to help them think through it rather than mom says, I can't eat this. And I think that's been a huge help because then in, in asking those questions and helping them think through their own hunger cues and recognizing, oh, actually I'm okay, you know, and we'll go to chip or crumble or whatever cookie you love. And (laughs) we're not discriminating. All cookies are great. I don't know, Ruby Snaps are right up here. (laughs) Okay. So it's, but we'll get these cookies and they, you know, when we first started buying them, they would each take one and just gobble it up. But now we get a knife and we cut like little bites. They can try each of the cookies and then they walk away. And it's amazing to see that I'm like, if you want cookies, I'll order cookies, you know, just to make it feel like it's not this one treat for the month anyway. So I feel like they, it's, it takes consistent effort to help them think through, but then also not make treats something that is only once in a long time period because then they'll not appreciate it as much. Right. And so rather than like, okay, after dinner, we can all have a cookie. And anyway, so, I mean, my name is If the Cookie Fits. Yes. Kind of cookie, cookies are our thing. And I actually, that's, okay, sorry, rambling on this one point, but that's one other thing we do is I have frozen cookie dough balls in my freezer. And yes, sometimes they get consumed as frozen cookie dough balls. But also having those on hand 
means that at any point we can cook those up and cook five fresh cookies so everyone can have a fresh cookie. So once again, I feel like it's knowing that we have that available doesn't make them feel like they're without. It's not taboo. And it's a choice. Exactly. You know, because it's like, it's not like it's there and they feel like they have to eat it. It's like, oh, well, I know that mom always has frozen cookie dough. So we'll just have cookies tomorrow if I don't have one today. So Yeah, it's like no big thing. It, you know, yeah. and and I've tried to get out of this. You know, my husband grew up in a home where treats were kind of a, a scarcity just because yeah. they didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so a treat... A reward is sometimes food. And I'm always like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Like, right. we need to break this cycle. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. a, a food is not a reward, right? right? Like, yeah. food is just something that you eat. Sometimes we use it to sometimes celebrate. Sometimes we have treats. Some, yeah. Sometimes we mm-hmm. don't. But it's not like, you did so good, let's You're go not get you a treat. No, yes, no, 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 no. Exactly. Yeah. You know... You're getting into those teenage years. Oh, oh dear. I, I can't even like think about the teenage years. They freak me out I so know. bad. <laughs> um, what what kind of a home environment do you want to foster when your girls are teenagers? And you have, are you going to have three in high school at the same time? Uh, it'll be close because right now I have fourth and second and almost kindergarten. So they won't quite all be there. They but won't we'll have at least two. We'll have at least two there together. Uh, Penny will always be with someone. Um it's actually, yeah, this is something because all three of them dance. And like you said, all three have very body or different body types. And so it's something we talk about all the time. And so my little Millie, um, she is very, very confident. Like she's five years old. She's also probably a head taller and much larger than most kids her age. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> but she's so confident and just the cutest oh, thing adorable. ever. And this has kind of been a thing lately. It's been a good lesson for all of my girls because she getting dressed to go to dance and tumbling, she came down in a little sports bra and she just had her bra and her shorts. And Olivia, my oldest, who's 10, was like, mom, she cannot wear that to dance. I'm like, why? I'm like, Millie, do you feel good? Do you feel comfortable? She's like, yeah. I like, <laughs> I like how my belly just hangs out. And I'm like, I love you. <laughs> and so, And so the fact that she was that confident and I'm like, Millie, you have to at least wear a shirt to dance. Anyway, so I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying here. But also, it's that I'm trying to find that line of like, Olivia, don't you dare tell her she can't wear that because of what she looks like. Like, I, if she is that confident, don't you ever take that away from her. And so that's something that I'm trying to find this line of like, okay, modesty, but also like, girl, if you are confident in your skin, you go for it. And so anyway, so we're trying to find this line of like, instilling their confidence and like making they feel good. But I'm like, but you're not wearing that to show your body off, you know? And so trying to find them, like, you're not trying to show off. It's just like, no, I feel good. And um, so anyway, so that's once again, back to the feeling, how we're feeling. It's not what you look like. It's not what you look like compared to the girl next to you. Um, But I actually love that they dance because it's your body is your tool to Mm -hmm. show your expression. And so that's kind of what I use that I'm like, as a dancer, you have to fuel your body, you have to eat well, so that you have the energy to do your back handsprings and your tondus and your whatever they're doing, like you are using your body. So it needs to be strong. And no matter what it looks like, you're still able to do these things. And anyway, so we really talk about what their bodies are able to do not what they look like. It doesn't matter. 
And if their clothes are getting too tight, fine, let's get new clothes. You know, that it's it's making them feel good, feel confident and strong. And so those are words that we use all the time in our home are just confident and strong and happy bellies. I feel like that's kind of, that's our family, you know, something that we talk about every single day. So yeah, going back to that feeling and feeling your most confident, that's why I'm always telling my girls, you know what, you can, I want you to self-express. You can literally wear anything you want. I mean, yeah. they wear uniforms right. to school. Right. So, so <laughs> when you outside come home. <laughs> of that is, is their yes. expression. But um, I'm always like, yeah, you can wear whatever you want, but you're going to have your hair done. Right. And because we're uh-huh. not, you know, want to look nice uh-huh. and mm-hmm. you're going to brush your teeth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like there you my go. Two. We're going to have teeth brushed. <laughs> we're going to have hair done because when you feel your best, yeah, you act your best. Yes. Right. Well, and the more confident you are in yourself and you're not comparing that it's so much easier and more genuine to build other people up. The more that you're like feeling good about yourself, you can genuinely compliment someone in a place of like, I am so happy for you Mm -hmm. rather than like, oh, I wish I had that or I looked like that. Yeah. Instead of the jealous feels, it's saying, no, like I genuinely am so happy that you're doing this because that's so good for you. And um, so, yeah, it goes back to confidence, but then that kindness, it kind of overflows into kindness for other people. Is your husband a happy girl dad or does he like long for a boy? Oh, no, he's so happy. I mean, he he would love a boy, but he's also so great for the girls. And um, no, he's he's so happy and so great. And he the thing that he's started doing is he's getting them involved in his hobbies, which I like snow skiing or we go boating or he this last summer put them in golf lessons. I'm like, you are wonderful because then you can take them on Saturday. <laughs> you can all go golfing and I'll stay home. It's great. No. So I think that's something that I really commend him for striving to do rather than saying, oh, a bunch of girls that are just going to dance. He's like, okay, well, they're still just because they're girls doesn't mean they can't golf or they can't ski or so he's really tried to connect through them through things he enjoys as well. And that makes it a lot more of a genuine, you know, connection. So. And what finally would you let everybody know about your home environment that maybe we didn't discuss? Like what lasting message would you want to leave with people? Hmm. Um, let's see. I would probably say that being a positive person or striving to be more positive is more beneficial than anything else. Because I feel like if you can, if you're full of negative thoughts, those negative thoughts overfill or fill overflow to other people, just like that confidence overflows to kindness. I feel like if you're negative and tearing yourself down, you're going to be a lot harder on other people and less understanding, less respectful. And it's um, needing to create two positive thoughts for every negative thought, recognizing those negatives, pushing them away and improving on the positive and that every day is a new day, that it's okay if today's not perfect, you're not perfect today, things don't go perfectly, that's fine, that's life. Um, that's probably my last thing I'll la- last thing I'll end on is truly our family motto is, are the words, it's fine. Like someone will spill some milk and everyone will be like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Really, it's milk. Getting mad is not going to make the milk magically go away. 
getting mad isn't going to make anyone feel good. So it's being able to just say it's fine and brush it off, clean it up, and everyone is in a much better, happier mood. So I think creating a positive home, positive feelings for yourself, for others, and just brushing off the small stuff, and it makes everything just a much better, happier home. Well, your Instagram is definitely an example of that and and body positivity and food positivity and working out. I just love your account so much. Oh, Where can people you. find you? If the cookie fits on Instagram. So And you teach fitness wrap. classes all over I as do. well. Yes. I yeah, it's kind of crazy right now. But yeah, I teach at Evolve Fitness in Lehigh. I teach at Move Fitness. Also in Lehigh. I teach at American Fork Fossa. And then I also teach online through the free play app. Whoa. So uh, I know. That's a lot. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Well, I get I get lots of sleep and I eat lots of food. So it's fine. Thank no, you so great. much for coming. Yes. Thank you. This was fun. It Thank was you fun for to catch me up with you. Chat your ears off. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and you've been listening to The Heart of the Home. I hope you'll subscribe, review, and rate this podcast and tune in next episode for more Heart of the Home. Thank you so much for listening.